The Big Apple. It's the city that never sleeps. And this weekend, it's as if every New Yorker had consumed an extra cup of caffeine. The World Wrestling Federation took over the world's greatest city across the radio waves, on television, and in print. And last night, thousands flocked to the Marriott Marquis in Times Square for the annual World Wrestling Federation Hall of Fame banquet. But tonight, it's the main event. Tonight, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels defends the title against the dangerous and unpredictable Psycho Sid. Tonight, living legend Bret the Hitman Hart returns to the squared circle to battle the menacing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Tonight, The Undertaker looks to finally lay mankind and Paul Bearer to rest. And tonight, who will survive the grueling Survivor Series elimination matches? Live from New York, the World Wrestling Federation presents the 1996 Survivor Series. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And oh, Patrick, can you believe it is almost December? We're in mid-November. I mean, the year has flown by. We are, yeah. And Survivor Series is right around the corner and some big changes have been made to the card. The changes have almost made me want to watch the show. Really? Because they made one major change. AJ is now the SmackDown World's Heavyweight Champion. The WWE was overseas in Manchester uh, for Raw and SmackDown. Uh, They flipped the tag titles on Raw. So the Shield reunion is going to happen because Roman Reigns is coming back on Raw. So Ambrose and Rollins are now out of that match with the Usos. It's going to be The Bar. Cesaro and Sheamus taking on the Usos. The Shield, it appears the Shield is headed on a three-on-three match against the New Day, which, look, the New Day has had some great matches this year. I'm just not sure this is going to go well. And From the news desk that I'm about to talk about, I wonder whether or not Xavier Woods is even going to be a part of Survivor Series. No, no, look, I know what you're going to bring up about him, but we'll get there. But the big news... Tuesday night, well, it aired Tuesday night, AJ Styles, an unannounced match, basically. They announced it on Twitter because originally it was going to be a handicap match, him versus the Singh brothers. They got hammered in the ratings the last couple of Tuesdays, so they needed a big, big show. Yeah. So they went ahead and changed the card, no Singh brothers handicap match. They announced it on Twitter that AJ's going to take on Jinder Mahal for the WWE title in England on tape delay. And you think, oh, well, he's just going to lose again. Because, I mean, Brock and Paul Heyman have already cut promos on gender. Yeah. This was the advertised match. Right. This is where we were headed. Right. Also, the India tour happens in December. You figure you're going to India, you want gender to have that belt. And that happens like the first week of December. Right. Then after that, he can drop it, whatever. But they surprise everybody, and AJ Styles wins the match. And it was, by all accounts, 
Jinder Mahal's finest match. And guess what? It's because he's working with AJ Styles. So now, at Survivor Series, instead of Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar, which nobody wanted to see, I don't even think Brock Lesnar and Jinder Mahal wanted to see the match, now we have the greatest pro wrestler in the world taking on the biggest bully in the world in a non-title match, but a very interesting, I hate to say it, a Styles Clash, uh, which... (laughs) I mean, this will be very intriguing. And honestly, Brock has really... I know we disagree about the Goldberg-Lesnar match, but outside of that match, the last few matches he's had, I thought they sort of phoned it in. Like, especially that Strowman match he had. I thought that uh, that was really lackluster. And the match he had against Samoa Joe was sort of lackluster. The match he had against Ambrose at WrestleMania a few years ago. Yeah. I hope the version of Brock Lesnar that wants to put on a great show is the one that shows up for Survivor Series. And also, I'm I'm holding my breath that they don't just switch the title back on Tuesday and we still go Jinder Mahal because it's very strange for this company to cut promos on a match that they then cancel. I can't even remember the last time it happened. It Outside make, of injury year. It, it makes sense. It makes sense to go ahead and have AJ hold the belt and Jinder Mahal win it over in India. That's a good point. I mean, that that very well could be what they're going for. I hate to say it. They did it last month with the Kurt Angle return, who's also going to be wrestling at Survivor Series. They got me. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna watch this match. They've hooked me. They find a way. I keep saying, you keep giving me these shit cards, I'm gonna skip. And I probably will skip most of the card. Yeah. I have to see AJ Styles because AJ Styles is the greatest pro wrestler on the face of the planet. You can say Kenny Omega all you want to. I'm sorry. AJ Styles is the fucking man. He makes everyone look like a million dollars. And so uh this was a a big development in the world of WWE. Uh, what are your thoughts about it? I'm excited. I'm pumped. I feel like um, we will probably definitely be watching Survivor Series. All right, Patrick. Well, that was the big news storyline-wise from the world of pro wrestling. What else happened? So, as of... We watched the pay-per-view last week. Uh, TNA. We watched parts of it. Parts we, of it. Not we all. caught the Gail Kim match. We watched parts of the tag team match with the American Top Team guys. When they did the, the cuts and got rid of Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner and the referees and they actually you made a joke last week that they were going to get rid of the ring crew. They actually got rid of the ring crew. So who set up the ring? They actually asked the fans at ringside to come and set up the ring for them to be a part of the show. That seems highly dangerous. They did. They and then turned around and paid the fans for showing up at that show and paid them as well for all so the, they they papered the event yes and and also paid for the uh for this week's tapings you were i heard they were paying twelve dollars and fifty cents an hour Ooh, i don't know if it's worth it to sit through some of what we saw I'm sorry, that four, knockouts match was one of the worst things I ever saw as it pertains to the tapings uh four hours worth of tapings. $12.50, or you can go ahead and just take the full $50 up front. <laughs> take the $50 and leave. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, and Bound for Glory is Impact Wrestling, GFW, whatever they want to be called this week. That's their WrestleMania. Bound for Glory is their WrestleMania, and they ended their main event with a smaz with 
Alberto Del Rio getting involved, hitting one of the, I believe he hit one of the worst looking chair shots I ever saw. I think it was him that did it. You can do fuck finishes on pay-per-views. You can't do it in the main event, I don't think, unless a B show where you're building to a bigger match down the road. You can do a fuck finish. You can't do it at WrestleMania. Imagine at WrestleMania this year, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns crawls over, gets his hand on Brock Lesnar. One, two, Paul Heyman hits him with a, with a chair. No finish. Good night. Everyone have a great time. The Undertaker comes out. Yeah, imagine last year with The Undertaker. I don't know, Kane popped out of the ring and beat both of them, and that's how the show went off the air. <laughs> It's not Bad Blood 97. This is their WrestleMania, bound yeah. for glory, yeah. and you ended it with a fuck finish. I'm dead serious. No longer, not only did they cut costs by getting rid of the ring crew, they have been paying their fans on top of that. So your fans are getting paid. Now, I don't know how true that is. Sometimes I go back through when I'm editing the show, and if if we say something that's incorrect, I'll cut it out. But honestly, I don't really care about this if i i hope it to be true because this <laughs> this company is a fucking disaster and after these tapings run out i i guess that's just it i don't see them coming back no they can't they have no business model they, they have no business model they re-upped the tv deal with axis well axis pays them zero dollars for their tv deal yeah tv is where they make their money the wwe focuses i mean one of their major incomes is their deal with universal usa that's a big part of their money Another thing is the network. They have other streams of merch money coming in. They have all these sources of revenue. Impact Wrestling has no source of revenue. They have no touring budget. They have no superstars. The superstars they do have leave. They go to the WWE, become big stars. They go to New Japan, become huge stars. Go to Ring of Honor. I, I don't know a way out. I don't know a way out. I'm not a business guy, but so good luck to the wrestlers. Like I say, I hate I hate that this company is going to go out of business, and I know we've been saying it for a year. They've been on death's door for a year. I don't know how they keep... How did they even... Like you said, uh, we were talking... Uh, oh, you have a video camera? Good. You're, you're our chief photographer for the night. Yeah. I mean, how does this keep... How do they even get on television? I, I, I really don't know. It's it's amazing. It's like if we put if we somehow put this show if we put on a wrestling show in this basement and got it on the air somehow, it's like magic. It's yeah. just magic how it's happening. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I, I hate that the company's probably going to go out of business, but I think it's for the best. <laughs> I think it's time to put this thing to bed and uh, sell that tape library because I want those archives. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. My last news is we have some more leaks that have come out. Yes. Um, look, here we are. Uh, the, the page leak happened many, many months ago. And that wasn't the only one. There were Summer Ray picks. Um, celebrity leaks in general. There was a few years ago, it was called The Fappening. That's when the Jennifer Lawrence pictures came out. It's when all these celebrities got hacked. At that very moment, take steps to make sure this doesn't happen. Yeah. And I'm not I'm and I hate to always have this argument cuz it sounds like I'm victim blaming. I'm not victim blaming because it's not their fault and you have the right to take nude pictures that are private for somebody else, you know. That that's up to you. But you have to take the steps to secure it. And the fact that you've seen all these examples and it still happens 
is just nuts to me. And I feel really bad for the superstars involved, but as I've mentioned before, they're not going to be punished for it. It's not their fault. They've been robbed. They've, they've, they've essentially been stolen from. I really do think the company should hire an IT expert to go over with these wrestlers and say, you know, like their version of LifeLock or something, you know, yeah. get your shit on lockdown so that this doesn't happen. Yeah. Unless you want it to happen. Because, look, I'm no conspiracy theory, but I think not necessarily, not necessarily with some of these wrestlers, but I think sometimes they want the pictures out there. Not these, not these wrestlers, but I, I just don't see how it keeps happening. There was Maria Kanellis, there was JoJo... Well, JoJo, the the newest ones I heard were Mickey James, JoJo, and Paige. Yeah, Paige with private text messages with Xavier Woods' name at the top of them. I mean, guys, guys, come on! I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just going to keep happening if 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 they don't take steps to to do it. With Paige planning on coming back, do you feel like this is going to kill that? No, I, like I said, I don't think they're going to be punished. I mean, Seth Rollins had it happen to him a few years ago, and he won the world championship a few months later. I don't think they should play it into a storyline. They should not incorporate something like that into storyline, because then you encourage yeah. people to to do it on their own. They say, oh, well, the company is playing up this hacking scandal. I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I, I Copycats, you know. Right. But the thing about Paige... I still don't see a role for her in this company. And I could be wrong. She might be the one that comes in and beats Asuka in a few months. Who knows? Yeah, I, I really feel sorry for them. And uh, I wish that the company did more to protect them. Patrick, I'm I'm glad we kept the news short this week because we did two episodes. Yes. And uh, so if you didn't hear it, check out our review of Nature Boy, the 30 for 30 documentary that ESPN put out on... Uh, it was Tuesday night, I believe. It was Tuesday night it aired. And you can still see it at watchespn.com if your computer can work through it. Because mine had a lot of trouble with it for some reason. But it's still available, and I highly recommend watching it. And now that we're done with the news, it's time to get into your pick. One yeah. of the greatest Survivor Series of oh, all time. Oh, no. Oh, no. I made a mistake a week or two ago when I complained about how bad this Survivor Series 2017 was going to be. And you did it. You made me think, this one's not going to be so bad because you showed me a terrible one. Survivor Series 1996 from Madison Square Garden, or home as Vince McMahon would call it, New York, in front of nearly 19,000 people at Madison Square Garden. We are in the Shawn Michaels era. WrestleMania 12, the boyhood dream came true. Jose Lothario and Shawn Michaels have been running through everybody. Mankind. Uh, who else did he fight that year? Diesel. Oh, Davy Boy, Diesel. Diesel was gone. No, good friends, better enemies. Oh, you're right. That's what sent Diesel out. So Shawn has been pretty much the man. Well, bad news for Shawn. His arch enemy, Bret Hart has decided, you know what, Lonesome Dove? Uh, you know what, I'm not really an actor. I'm going to go ahead and come back to uh, pro wrestling. And as soon as Shawn Michaels heard that, he said, I've lost my smile. I don't think I want to wrestle anymore, because he owed Bret Hart a loss. And Shawn Michaels was not going to be delivering that loss uh, over his dead body. Because these two people hate each other. And so tonight, instead of wrestling Bret... 
uh, Brett will be taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was a suitable replacement. Stone Cold was starting to get very hot. This was after the uh, Austin 316 speech. A big push. He was actually supposed to win the uh, Royal Rumble. Well, he did win the Royal Rumble uh, in January. So he was he was being pushed, and, and there's no better guy to get you over than wrestling the best, uh, the excellence of execution, Bret Hart. So well, let's, let's look at the timeline here. 1996, the third or fourth weekend, Stone Cold Steve Austin is, is shows up on Raw with Ted DiBiase and says... Ringmaster. He's, he's declared the ringmaster. Million dollar belt. He goes in to WrestleMania, the ringmaster... Jump ahead, you have now the start, starting birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, 96 is a huge, a huge year, not only for Shawn Michaels, but for Stone Cold. And for, uh, in my opinion, the new generation making that turn into the attitude. Oh yeah, we were well on our way. Now... So instead of wrestling Brett at this pay-per-view, because we need to save that for WrestleMania, he's going to wrestle Psycho Sid, his former bodyguard, his former pal. Sean would do this a lot. He would pal up with Diesel or Sid. He never wrestled Luna, but anybody that walked him out to the ring, it seemed like he he needed to wrestle. Sensational Sherry. (laughs) Yeah, he never beat up Sherry. He had that one match with Marty. This guy just, he could not keep a friend. Good friends, better enemies. That's right. A perfect title. So those are your two main events for tonight's show, and then the rest is garbage. Garbage from a garbage pail that you made me sit through. Oh, this is great. We had a traditional four-on-four Survivor Series dark match, which was Aldo Montoya, Bart Gunn, Bob Holly, and the roadie. They defeated Billy Gunn, uh, JBL... Salvatore Sincere, hello, new generation, and the Sultan with the Iron Sheik. Oh, man, no Sheiky baby tonight. We missed it on the dark match. They went 1046. I guess this was on the free-for-all, so we didn't get that on the network. Yeah. And uh, I don't really miss it at all. I'm, I'm glad that we didn't see that. Now I'm ready. Oh, yes. We start off with a great... Video montage. It's the Big Apple, baby. It's the Big Apple. Place is going crazy. We're getting ready. We're pumped. We're starting. We're going to start off with a four-on-four Survivor Series match. But before that, highlights from the Hall of Fame banquet. The last year they would do it before bringing it back in uh, 2004, I think, was the first year they brought it back, right? When they put Bobby Heenan in. They teased the main events. Tonight's event is sponsored by Karate Fighters. Did you ever have Karate Fighters? I did not. Uh, they were a lot like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. They were a lot of fun, but instead of Rock'em Sock'em Robots, how they punched karate fighters, you would spin them around and their legs would wildly kick each other, and the winner was whoever kicked the other guy off the pedestal. So, that's karate fighters. F, that's how old I am. Vince gives us, Welcome to Madison Square Garden. Boy, Vince loves MSG. This man, when Vince passes away, I hope they bury him here. <laughs> <laughs> they they will build a concrete tomb underneath Madison Square Garden just for Vince McMahon. We get the three-man team tonight. Vince, King, and JR, which would end at Bad Blood 97. And yet, you like the three-man team with these guys. I liked having them. 
I liked having them starting off and Vince having to play back and forth between the two. It, it added a little bit of flair into the commentary. What I didn't like about Vince, though, was his his cheap salesman laugh. <laughs> he is just yucking it up sometimes, and it, it's really distracting. <laughs> oh, he did with Sonny, with, uh, Sonny out there, that's for sure. Out first, the tag team champions of the world, the British Bulldog and Owen Hart, the Slammy Award winner himself. They're teaming up with the new rockers, Marty Jannetty and Al Snow. That's right, whoa. What a foursome we've got coming out here. Taking on Doug Furness and Philip LaFon. You know I love that tag team. And the Godwins. I know you love the Godwins. The Godwins suck. No, I love Doug And LaFon sucks. Furness and Philip LaFon, man. Furness is the only guy that's worth a fuck out of these four oh, people. And on. he's only in the match for five seconds because I think he gasses out. Because I've... We've watched a few furnace matches now. The guy's just a gas monkey. He goes in there, he does great, but then he immediately tags out. Not enough furnace. Need more furnace. Never get it. The Karate Fighters blimp is out in full force. The crowd is absolutely dead for this match. They don't give a fuck. Marty starts off against LaFon. They do literally nothing. They just stare. Janetti does a nice monkey flip but gets clotheslined by LaFon. Snow tags in. LaFon goes for an ankle lock but Snow makes it to the ropes. Phineas gets in and doesn't do anything. So Snow scoop slams him. Phineas returns the favor by scoop slamming Snow. This is an elimination match. This is Survivor Series, guys. We've got a lot of match left to go. Owen puts the boots to Phineas. Owen and Bulldog operate like a finely tuned machine. These are the only guys with any chemistry in the match. They destroy Phineas. Phineas looks for a superplex on Marty Jannetty, but he misses. Henry Godwin slop drops Marty. And oh boy. Right through the glass window of the barber shop and right through the slop drop of the Survivor Series. Marty Jannetty, get the fuck out of here, pal. You're eliminated first. We get a top turnbuckle spin kick from Owen, and he eliminates Henry. Bulldog power slams Phineas, and he's eliminated. Furnace misses a drop kick, and Bulldog takes advantage. Tags in Al Snow. Owen holds Furnace while Snow tags him in. Snow then T-Bone suplexes Furnace for a two count. Owen nails LaFon with a drop kick that nearly takes his head off. Owen nearly beats LaFon with a fisherman suplex, but then Bulldog has a huge press slam to Furnace and then does a back handspring to celebrate. He was very happy with his uh, power slam here. A gut buster to Furnace from Snow, and then Furnace tags LaFon in, and he gets an inverted superplex, and this eliminates Al Snow. The new rockers have rocked right on out. A neck breaker from Owen to LaFon gets a two count. Bulldog and Owen dissect Furnace and LaFon, then Bulldog low blows LaFon. What a dirty heel. Owen and Bulldog corner LaFon, who gets a sneaky roll-up win on Bulldog out of nowhere. Now it's two-on-one. Owen's our last hope for the heels. Bulldog chop blocks him, and then Owen destroys his knee. This is all on LaFon. Owen focuses entirely on LaFon's leg. A sharpshooter, then Furnace interferes. LaFon hits an enziguri on Owen, then Furnace gets the hot tag. A drop kick gets a two. A belly to belly gets a two. Then a nasty German suplex, which flips Owen completely over, and that wins the match. Furnace and LaFon with the upset. They eliminate the champs on their pay per view debut. 
in a match that drug on forever and made me want to turn this pay-per-view off. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the opening match? I enjoyed it. Good match. What did you like about it? I loved, man, LaFon and uh, Al Snow's move off the top. That was that inverted suplex was brilliant. Uh, a good opener that took 20 minutes and 41 seconds. It's Survivor Series, dude. You got to eliminate people. It takes time. <sighs> okay. Undertaker does his Batman entrance from the ceiling which I believe was played by Marty Jannetty. That's why he was eliminated first. Undertaker did not want to do this. So descending from the... What, do you see him get out of the thing? Okay. I'll believe you. Undertaker decides he's Batman and he lowers from the ceiling. This is a blood feud over Paul Bear. Paul Bear has... As we saw a few months ago, he betrayed Undertaker with the urn. He smashed the urn in Undertaker's face. And this is Undertaker's revenge for mankind stealing Uncle Paul. And guess what? Uncle Paul, he's going in the shark cage. A good old shark cage match. Before Mankind comes out, Kevin Kelly's in the boiler room with Mankind and Paul Bearer. And uh, Mr. Bearer, in just moments, you will be raised high above the ring. In a small cage, you'll be unable to interfere. And if the Undertaker can incapacitate Mankind enough, you'll be lowered right back down into the Undertaker's waiting arms. I don't think so! I'm not going in no cage! I'm not an animal! I'm not going in a cage! Because I'm Paul Bearer and you're not! Don't worry, Uncle Paul. Think back to buried alive. Think back to with his last dying gasp how the Undertaker came to life. It doesn't bother me because I know whatever form you take, Undertaker, you'll be crawling with your gasping breaths down the aisle at Madison Square Garden and I will stomp you like the cockroaches I used to call dinner and just like those lovely insects. Survivor Series, Undertaker. I'm gonna eat you alive! I'm gonna stay! Yes, yes, yes! Mankind says that he'll stomp him like a cockroach. Taker makes sure that Paul Bear goes in the cage. Paul was not very willing to go into the shark cage, but Taker forces the issue. The cage is lifted, Mankind and Undertaker brawl. Undertaker goes for a cross arm breaker to stop the mandible claw. Gotta watch out for that mandible claw. Then Mankind says, you know what, fuck it, and he bolts for the ring mats. Taker focuses on Mankind's hand so he can't, you know, use it. He just keeps stomping at his hand. They go brawling into the crowd for a moment. Undertaker back body drops Mankind back onto the ring mats. Ouch. That's why this guy needs hip replacement surgery. Mankind does a neck snap from the ring mats to Undertaker, which looked great. Undertaker gets the upper hand on Mankind, pile drives him, then calls for the mandible claw, but Taker blocks it. He looks for a tombstone, but Mankind gets the mandible claw, and Taker throws Mankind clear out of the ring. Taker throws him against the guardrail and assaults him with the ring steps. Taker does old school on Mankind. We get a swinging neckbreaker from Mankind to slow Taker down. Then Mankind gets caught in, uh-oh, a choke slam. But he throws on the mandible claw before he can uh, be choke slammed. Taker, uh-oh, he's fading away. He's almost gone. But at the last second, he wakes up! And he choke slams his way out of the mandible claw. 
Mankind pulls out some weapon out of his jocks. What was this? It was like a spike. Yeah. For his fingers. Yeah, it was a. It was a. Uh, it was just a, a spike, and he's just jabbing him with it. Doesn't really affect Taker at all. Taker stops him, tombstones him, and gets the win. And then something very odd happened, Patrick. Something that I don't even know who it was. You're gonna have to explain to me. So Paul Bearer. After Mankind loses the match, naturally, Paul Bearer gets lowered into his cage. Then someone called the Executioner cuts off Undertaker before he can get his revenge on Paul Bearer. Patrick, what the fuck is the Executioner and why is he here? The Executioner was first seen in the Buried Alive match between Mankind and the Undertaker. And the Executioner came out and helped Mankind bury the Undertaker. He didn't do a good job. No, he didn't. Because this was Undertaker's return. So the executioner came out to make sure, once again, Mankind and Uncle Paul were took care of. Who played the executioner? The one and only, fabulous Freebird himself, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. No way. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He looked like he was in good shape. He was. This is the only reason you picked this pay-per-view is because Terry Bam Bam Gordy oh, was in it. it. I love I can't find an executioner. I can't find a full start to finish executioner match though. So if anyone has a house show footage or something, I would love to see it. Taker hits a clothesline on an executioner, and Paul Bear runs for his life, and we don't get a payoff to this feud. A feud that would seemingly last forever. Mankind, Undertaker, till the end of time, forever. And Paul Bear, Undertaker would take him back. He would turn on him. He's one of the he's one of the dumbest guy. I'm sorry, I love the Undertaker, but he's stupid. He keeps taking this guy back that turns his back on him every chance he gets. Furnace and Lafon are out on the WWF on AOL. So log on, chat it up with them. Dial up. I know you want me. Sonny's music plays, and Sonny comes down to the ring. She's going to be a guest commentator. Great. Doc Hendricks is backstage with the Heel Survivor Series team of Gold Dust, Triple H, Jerry Lawler, and Prison Break Crush. What an odd assortment of heels. It's just like, hey, who here's a heel? You're on the team. That's what it seemed like. Captain by Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and I guess considering the disadvantage your opponents will be at being three on four because of the injury to Mark Henry, you think victory's in the bag. That's right. And this is the big time. This is New York City, the Survivor Series. Mark Merrow, I'm going to show you why I'm the Intercontinental Champion. And it looks like your team has already come up a little bit short. <laughs> you know what? Big Mark Henry has feigned injury rather than face the gold medal massacre that this team was going to put on him. No, you know he's what? injured. No, yeah, right. I'll tell you this right now. There aren't any three men in the world that can beat the four of us. We're surviving, baby. We may be in a unique combination, but together we make a well-oiled machine of destruction. Survivor Series, what an appropriate title. <laughs> Gold Dust? You will never forget the name of... <sighs> Gold Dust. They all say they're going to win. The heels will be facing your favorite, Mark Marrow, Sable, the stalker, Barry Windham with a beautiful mustache the debut of a young rocky maivia he's going nowhere and then of course the surprise 
Jake the Snake Roberts returns after Jerry Lawler covered him in booze and left him for dead in one of Jake's final WWF uh, appearances before his exodus. But uh, the crowd was loving seeing him back. They all come to the ring, and of course, Jake brings his giant Burmese python. This thing is massive. Yeah, I do believe this was the biggest snake he actually ever carried. Not dangerous, but very big. Just like the first Survivor Series match, the teams refused to fight. That's always good. The wild man flings gold dust around with some arm drags before tagging in Barry Windham. After many tags that go nowhere, Rocky Maivia gets in with Jerry Lawler and punches him right over the top rope. Triple H and Goldust double-team him to stop the momentum. Crush and Jerry the King Lawler decide to double-team Rocky. Rocky gets the hot tag to Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake runs wild and takes out all the heels. A short-arm clothesline to Triple H and the crowd is calling for the DDT. Hunter dodges the DDT by pushing Jake into the heels' corner. The heels work very well together, keeping the faces in their corner. They do not let them get tags. Jake DDTs Jerry Lawler out of nowhere to a huge reaction and eliminates Jerry Lawler. This was the payoff for covering uh, Jake in booze, was this one Survivor Series elimination. Oh, that DDT was beautiful. That DDT looked great. Jake tags Wyndham in. Curtain call to Barry Wyndham from Goldust, and he's eliminated. The faces have the advantage as Marrow gets worked over by Triple H. The heels take turns getting the heat on Mark Marrow. An abdominal stretch from Triple H keeps Marrow stuck in the middle of the ring for ages. Jake interferes and distracts Triple H, and Marrow moonsaults Triple H, a standing moonsault, and eliminates Triple H. Just remember that, everybody. Gold Dust and Crush are all that is left for the heel teams. Marrow gets a heart punch from Crush, which the camera misses, and he's eliminated. Jake tries a DDT but gets a heart punch from Crush, and he's eliminated. So now it's Rocky Maivia, the Rook. How is this rookie going to survive? Who knows? And he's going nowhere. He, he, he's got a terrible look. He's got yeah. no skills, no charisma. Uh, terrible guy. Rocky scoop slams Crush and fires up on Goldust and Crush. Double clotheslines him. Goldust holds Rock for the heart punch from Crush, but uh-oh, Crush heart punches Goldust instead. Dissension has run in wild. Rocky crossbodies him and eliminates him, so now it's just Goldust and Rocky. Rocky hits his running shoulder breaker, and a star is born as he eliminates Goldust from, yes, a running shoulder breaker. Rocky Maivia did a great thing surviving in this match, but I really don't believe he's going to make it. I think this is the last we'll ever hear of him. I don't think he's anything special. Promo recaps Bret Hart's challenge to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bret believes he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, and that Austin is his best opponent possible. The one thing that's been missing in the World Wrestling Federation for about the last five or six months has been me. But I am the best there is. Bad a sharpshooter, he's got it. The best there was. Sharpshooter, sharpshooter, he got it. He got it. The best there ever will be. Sharpshooter, he's got it on. I've decided to accept the challenge of the best wrestler today. And in the Survivor Series, I will face 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. Few superstars have ravaged the World Wrestling Federation with the ferocity of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And after conquering the 1996 King of the Ring Tournament, Stone Cold opened his book, The Book of Austin. I'm so to every one of the WWF superstars. Oh no! I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list. Hillman's ankle! Oh my God! Wow! I think you can hear the bone snapping! And I'm fixed to start running through all of them. And that is exactly what Austin has done with a stunning string of victories. Austin all over! Stone Cold Steve Austin's campaign of terror has not been limited to the ring, yet his focus always remains constant. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. You know Bret Stone Cold is going to kick my I'm better than you. And you're going to find that out firsthand, son. I'll kick the hell out of you. I'm the best there is. Man, I ain't got to invent a bunch of dumb slogans. It's Austin's house now. He ain't got what it takes. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. They show the highlights of Austin destroying Brian Pillman's ankle, who in storyline was Brett's very good best friend. The Toddster is with Austin. Tonight, the winner of this match gets a title shot. A lot on the line. We might get, we'll get Sean and Brett next month if Brett can pull this off. And, of course, Sean. Austin's promo is um, really shitty, honestly. He says, an ass whipping is an ass whipping. Todd is with Brett. Brett says he's got experience in MSG and he's going to win. Brett gets a huge reaction from the crowd when he comes out. His yellow trim tights don't look so good. I didn't like these tights on Brett. No. This is Brett's first pay-per-view back since taking most of 96 off. Austin jaws with Brett and gives him two middle fingers right in his face. Austin avoids a takedown by grabbing the turnbuckle. Waist locks are countered between the two. Austin whips Brett's arm, which is kind of an odd strategy because Austin doesn't have, like, a an arm finisher. Like, I don't know why he attacked the arm. Million dollar dream. But that's around his neck. It puts pressure on the shoulder and the neck. What, is, what does that have to do with the arm, though? He's working the arm to work the shoulder. Uh, I'll let it slide. I'll <laughs> let it slide. Hart kips up and whips Austin's arm in return. Let's go Brett chance breakout. A hammerlock keeps Austin grounded. Austin attempts an STF but gets thrown right back into a hammerlock. Hart works the arm of Austin with knees and wrist locks. Austin then hits the stun gun. Hey, a throwback to WCW. Hits it on Hart, but he can't capitalize with the cover. Austin chokes Hart with the bottom ring rope, slingshots him into the bottom turnbuckle, then he elbows Hart and knocks him right out of the ring. He brings Bret Hart back in the ring, locks him in a headlock for ages. Hart hulks up and then strikes with Austin, but you can't strike with Austin. You will always lose. Austin wins the striking contest and Bret whips him to the ropes. We get an inverted atomic drop from Bret followed by a clothesline and now Hart is in control. A side Russian leg sweep nets a two count for Bret Hart. Brett tries a bulldog, but Austin shoves him into the turnbuckle. Sternum first. Ouch. Austin looks for a superplex, but Brett shoves him down, then hits a top rope elbow drop, which is rare because usually he comes off the second rope. But he really wanted this one to hurt. 
They brawl outside the ring to the guardrail and over the guardrail and into the expensive seats, those souvenir seats. Uh, those guys got more than they bargained for. Austin slingshots Hart into the Spanish announce table, which does not break, and then they brawl underneath the table, which is something that we, we don't do enough. Let's fight under the table. Let's not forget that Hugo Savinovich was underneath them while they were brawling, <laughs> by the way. Austin drops an axe handle on Hart, who was resting on the table. Austin then drops his signature elbow from the second rope on Hart for a two count once they get back in the ring. An abdominal stretch to Hart, who makes the ropes. Austin doesn't like that he makes it to the ropes, so he flips off Tim White for breaking the hold. They go back into a brawling contest in the center of the ring. Brett gets the better of Austin this time. Then Brett stun guns Austin. Stole his finisher. A pile driver to Austin, but Hart can only get a two count. Owen should have watched how you do a pile driver. Austin finally gets a superplex on Bret Hart, then a stunner out of nowhere. But Hart kicks out at two to a huge reaction as Austin had been beating everybody with this stunner. Austin, not very happy with this, loses his mind and batters Bret Hart and locks him in a Texas cloverleaf. Austin then puts Hart in a bow and arrow, which Bret counters into a sharpshooter, but Austin grabs the rope. Hart tries a sleeper, but Austin escapes with a jawbreaker. Austin looks for the million-dollar dream, but then Brett has this well-scouted because he's done it before. He does the Owen-slash-Mr.Perfect finish where he runs up the turnbuckle and turns it over into a pin and gets the win. The second half of this match was pretty incredible, but they had a lot of rest holds, and this is not their best match. We know what their best match is, WrestleMania 13, without a doubt. Five-star classic. I feel like this being first, this being Brett's first match back in almost eight months, I feel like he was really out of shape. You really think that? I, I thought he looked I, fine. I think that's why they had so many rest holds. I think Brett was really out of shape. You always talk about uh, ring ready. I mean, it really, it that goes to show you right there. I feel like there was so many rest, rest holds because he couldn't keep up with the pace Austin was making it. In a move that made me laugh out loud, after Hart gets this big win, who does he high-five, Patrick? His best friend, Vince McMahon. (laughs) Who would later be screwing him out of the world title next year. One year from Mm -hmm. that very pay-per-view. And now he's the number one contender. So he'll be watching the world title match very closely tonight for the December In Your House pay-per-view. Doc Hendricks, Michael P.S. Hayes is with Psycho Sid. Sid whispers through his entire promo, I have no idea what he said, other than that he's the better man. Captain Lou Albano comes out for no reason. Now this is the match where I got really angry with you. (laughs) This is bullshit. This is a piss break match. This is worse than a piss, this is a shit break match. This is a leave, drive around the block, and forget that wrestling exists match. Farouk is out with the newly formed Nation of Domination when they had those rapper guys come out. Then we get fake Razor Ramon, who... I'll admit to something here. As a kid, I would have been stupid enough to think it was the real Razor Ramon. Really? Because I I didn't watch WWF. Like, I watched WCW first. Yeah. So, Scott Hall, to me, I knew that he worked for the other company. He's Razor Ramon. He's got the tights. He's got the music. He's him. Say hello to the fat guy. (laughs) The fans boo fake Razor. 
Um, this is during JR's heel turn where he is the uh, the proponent of fake Razor and Diesel and tells us how much uh, we should love them. Yeah. Glenn Jacobs, Kane, who actually does look better than Kevin Nash. He's he's <laughs> he's way more jacked. Yeah. He does the moves better. He cares about the business. He still wrestles at 50 years old. He's amazing. He would have been the better Diesel to begin with. He is fake Diesel. He comes out. He's a part of this team. And then, of course, we finish it off with Vader. Big Van Vader is the last member of the heel team. They're going to take on face Yokozuna, who is looking huge. Flash Funk with the Funkodactyls, which Cornette, who's on commentary, shits all over. Savio Vega and none other. Murder, murder alert. Than the Hall of Famer himself. The murderer. The one and only. Murdering. Jimmy. Murdering. Superfly. Murdering. Snooker. Murderer. He comes out to join the face team, so here we go. Here is this match. Flash Funk high crosses Vader out of the ring. Then he moonsaults off the top turnbuckle. Man, I love Flash Funk. He is so underrated. He hits Vader on the outside of the ring with this moonsault. Vader no-sells it, of course. Why Why bother? Just stand right back up. Who gives a fuck? Vader powerbombs Flash Funk when he gets back in the ring. Yokozuna interferes, breaks up the count, and rock bottoms Vader. Well, hey, runs in the family, I guess. <laughs> Vader tags in Farouk and goes toe-to-toe with Savio Vega. Fake Razor Ramon quickly tags in and gets dominated by Savio. Savio's ring attire sucks. He's in a Puerto Rican t-shirt and jeans. Here's how you know it's not the real Razor Ramon. He does a fallaway slam that looks like if I try to fallaway slam. It was a fall on your ass slam. He does it to Savio. It was a terrible fallaway slam. And I, I almost laughed out loud at how bad it was. Luckily, fake Diesel, Glenn Jacobs, tags in and goes after Flash Funk. Diesel destroys Funk with a clothesline while Funk was in midair. Fruit gets back in and goes after Funk and hits him with a devastating spine buster, which was uncalled for in a match that would end in a smaz. Vader comes in as Savio gets the tag. The heels keep Savio in their corner. Then Savio throws Diesel in the face's corner. Snooka tags into a big pop. This is the only reason this match happened. This is the only spot they should have done, and they should have moved on with their lives. Snooka scoop slams Vader with a lot of help from Vader. Nice of him. They push Snooka back to the heels corner. Snooka tags in Savio, who gets thrown outside and beaten by Farouk when they roll him back in. The officials lose control temporarily. Diesel jackknifes Savio to eliminate him. Snooka goes after Fake Razor. And then here you go. This is what you paid for. Jimmy Snooka does the Superfly Splash and eliminates Razor. But then, that's it. Match is pretty much over because Diesel smacks Snooka with a chair and then the whole thing ends with everyone brawling and a big fuck you to the crowd. There you go. A double DQ and an elimination tag yes. in Survivor Series. Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> I blame you for this. Why me? What did you think of this match, Patrick? Go I th- ahead. I thought it was great. <laughs> Explain. It had it all. It had the... The funny side of it with fake razor and fake diesel. It had the uh, the excitingness of the return of Jimmy Superfly Snooka. It had the power side of it with Yokozuna. It showed a new side 
that hadn't been seen until this point in time for Farouk. Well, you're completely wrong. This was the worst match of the night, and... Well, I'm not denying it was the worst match of the night. Okay, good. I'm glad we found some common ground between us. Now it's time for the main event. A promo recaps Sean's amazing run. Oh, the boyhood dream since WrestleMania 12. And uh uh-oh, he's in for a big challenge tonight. Sid, who's nine feet tall, if you listen to the announcers. He's the tallest man to ever walk the face of the earth next to Andre the Giant. For every superstar, there is one dream. To be the WWF champion. At WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels' dream became reality. For seven months, Sean has been living the dream while a friend and one-time nemesis was struggling with reality. I am the master and I am the ruler. In the WWF, the ruler and master is the champion. Shawn Michaels has reigned with confidence and charisma. He is fearless, flamboyant, and beloved. The challengers have been bigger, stronger, and more vicious. Sean has always persevered, but this time the enemy is from within. The enemy is trust. For Sid, the enemy has always been from within. An endless struggle with sanity. Look at Sid, he's frothing at the mouth right now. This guy's ready to explode any second. With Sean's friendship, Sid had found rationality. But as of late, a series of misunderstandings have bred contempt, and the specter of the title has fueled a psychotic desire. You kicked me right in my face, You kicked me right in my face! Mistake or not, there will be no mistake in Survivor Series, my friend. What are you going to do this Sunday when I'm gunning for you? And believe me, with that chin you're sporting, I can hit it from anywhere in Madison Square Garden. You're going down to the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Shawn Michaels has unleashed a psychotic monster, and this monster hungers for more than just respect. This monster has a champion's appetite. That belt will be around my waist. I've knocked you down before. I've knocked you down again. Sid is out first, and he is intense as usual. I do love how intense he gets uh, when he walks out. He's not Goldberg intense, but he like pounds his chest, and he's he pretty close. When he high fives somebody, he does it very violently. He's pretty close. He's uh he he gets he gets really intense and he wants each and every fan to know who the man is. The man that rules the world. Yeah. Now, Sean is still bringing out Jose Lothario, his mentor, his trainer, his confidant, another manager. Luckily there was never a Sean Jose Lothario match. This is the one guy he didn't turn on. In his career, they get the Goldberg entrance because Jose knocks on Sean's door and they get to walk out past Gorilla, get a huge entrance here. And I thought, okay, well, they're doing all this. He must get some sort of amazing entrance when he comes out. No, just does his normal entrance when he comes out. He's mobbed by fans. They love him. In fact, some lady gives him a rose. But you know what's odd? The crowd really loves Sid. Crowds up north love Sid for some reason. I don't know why. Because Sid's the man. Okay, before the match started, I wrote, this is HBK at his peak. This is 1996 Shawn Michaels. Oh my goodness, we are going to be in for a treat. Yeah. Boy, I was wrong. And you know why I felt like he, he wrestled 
poorly because he knew he was losing. And this is cunt Sean. This is sort of like cunt Hogan. When he knows he's going to job, he just doesn't put in the effort. Nope. He doesn't. Unlike Flair. Yeah. This is the difference between the two. So, I was so excited to see this, but here we go. HBK does start out bumping like a boss for Sid's strikes. I mean, this dude's doing like backflips from a Sid punch. I mean, he really puts over how powerful Sid is. HBK hits a high cross for two. Time to take the big man down. So he takes out his legs. Then he locks in a chin lock. Sid reverses it to a head scissors. Sean kips up. But then Sid kips up from a Sean head scissors. So, ooh, match of equals. They start brawling, which you can't brawl with Sid. You always lose. Press slam to Sean, but Sean slides out and almost gets caught in a powerbomb, which would have been a fantastic ending if that was the match. Like, just a powerbomb out of nowhere. Done. See you next week. Sean chop blocks Sid's leg, keeping him down again. Sean attacks Sid's knee with stomps. Now, psychology again, this is a little odd because Sean does not have a submission move that deals with legs. So why would I soften your legs? Just like Austin in the arm. Because he's seven foot tall and he's trying to knock him down to size. But he does lock in a figure four. So he does try. It's a shitty figure four, but he he does he does try. Sid rolls to the rope. Sean gets right back to the leg. Gotta stomp that leg. He hates he hates Sid's leg. This is really Sean versus Sid's leg. The crowd is sort of booing this match because of how slow it is compared to the exciting Shawn Michaels they're used to. Sid bumps into the camera, and I thought this was an accident. I didn't realize it was going to play into the match. He shoves the camera away, and I'm like, hey, that's Sean's spot. Sean's always the one fucking with the cameraman. Anyway, you'll see what happens later. Sid misses a splash, and then Sean dropkicks Sid's legs out from under him again. The crowd is hating this match. Sid shoves Sean out of the ring. He skins the cat, but Sid says, you know what, fuck you, and shoves him right back down, which is something more people should do. They walk and brawl up the entryway, and Sid press slams Sean into the guardrail. They get back in the ring. Sean eats a big back body drop. Sean gets whipped to the turnbuckle, does a flare flip, and then hits a neck breaker to Sid on the ropes, which was cool. Sid catches Sean off the top turnbuckle and lands a backbreaker. Sid decks Sean who is out on his feet, he's just wobbling around, the crowd start booing intensely. They are starting to get behind Sid. They're ready to see Sean go down. Michaels goes to the top turnbuckle to land some sort of... He should have gone for an elbow, but it looked like he came down for an axe handle off the top turnbuckle while Sid was down. But Sid gets his boot up, and HBK, from this boot, takes the craziest bump I've ever seen. Like, he flops and flips around from a boot. Sid slaps on the Million Dollar Dream. Hey, man. Hey, don't don't repeat spots. That's that's Austin's spot. But Sean fights out of it. He doesn't need to do like Brett, you know, and be clever. He just fights out of it, because he's a fighting champion. A chokeslam is countered with an eye poke. Which more people should do. That's the easiest way to get out of it. Or kick to the balls. Sid catches the sweet chin music before Sean can land it and choke slams Sean. The crowd comes to life because they think, uh-oh, the finish is about to happen. But instead of a powerbomb, HBK small packages Sid. Only gets a two count. Then we get a power slam to Sean for a two count and Sid says, hey, there's a video camera over there. I saw that earlier. I think I'm going to use that. 
Oh, there's Jose Lothario. You know what? Fuck Jose Lothario. I'm going to slam this camera right into his gut. So Sid beats up a poor old man. He's the hero for some reason to these people. Sean lands the sweet chin music. But uh uh-oh, he looks outside and sees his friend Jose is dead from a camera shot to the gut. And he goes out. He was having a heart attack. Which, how you get a heart attack from a camera shot, uh, I'm no doctor, but Dr. Vince thinks it happens that way. So Sean goes out to check on his old man friend, and Sid goes out, gets him, brings him back in. Throws him back in there. They shoot him into the corner. Sean misses a crossbody, and the ref takes a bump. So the ref takes his bump. So Sean goes, fuck this, goes back out, checking on Jose. Well, here comes Sid again. So Sid goes... Gets the camera. Gets the camera. Nails the shit out of the back of Shawn Michaels. Throws Shawn in there. Into the ring. Sets him up. Hits a powerbomb. One, two, three. Your new champion. Suddenly I'm dominant. Sid. Yeah, suddenly I'm the man. Sid. I'm not gonna... His celebration, he just... His excitement just isn't really there for a guy that just won the belt, you know? I'm sorry. He just kind of like holds it and pounds his chest. The crowd loved it, though. For some reason, Sid won him over. I'm not a big Sid fan, but I was... Look, for someone as great as Shawn Michaels, this match really let me down. Shawn just, like I said, he knew he was losing. He didn't give a fuck. He knew he didn't want to face Brett. He knew he was about to lose his smile and take some time off. So he just phoned it in. And even at phoning it in, look, he's better than 30%. No, not 30. He's better than 70% of wrestlers that go all out, even when he phones it in. But this was not the Shawn Michaels I expected. And for that, I'm kind of disappointed. Sid, Sid did exactly what I expected. He's slow, he punches, he does power moves. Not very agile for a big man. Um, every Sid match, I pretty much know what to expect. And so, Shawn let me down. This pay-per-view really let me down. But that doesn't surprise me, because I think you did it on purpose. What did you think of Survivor Series 1996? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, what were some of your highlights? What were some of your key key moments here? The boyhood dream ended. <laughs> uh, it would be coming true very soon, again. <laughs> the, well, a year later. The, uh, the return of Snuka? Okay. Him doing the splash in MSG was cool for the crowd, but he didn't need to be in a match. He could have done it to Captain Lou, you know? There's an idea. He could have done it to Vince. I don't know. It just didn't need to be a match. Those Survivor Series matches... Ugh. This is why I hate the Survivor Series. Because of stuff like that. I I like them. I liked, uh... I liked, like, the 1990 ones where they... Where there was a team mentality. Where sometimes they would even dress alike. They would have team names. Uh, it was wrestlers you didn't see together a lot of times. Yeah. And in this case, you, you, and even today, you you see these guys all the time. And so, it just kind of, and there's nothing on the line. It just doesn't work for me. And, and these were really bad. Really bad Survivor Series matches. The, the saving grace on this pay-per-view is Austin and Bret Hart. And... I gotta say, I agree with you. I think Brett let me down a little bit, too. Um, 
compared to, I mean, WrestleMania 13, a five-star classic, one of the best matches. All you people that think WrestleMania 25, Taker and Shawn is the best, watch WrestleMania 13, Austin and Hart, and and, and tell me that, because that is bullshit. There's no... The story being told in Austin and Hart at 13 is way better than the story being told at WrestleMania 25. WrestleMania 25 was like an exhibition match between two of the greatest ever. And it's a very good match, but it's no WrestleMania 13 submission match. This match was not that. This was a good warm-up match, because at at least they learned something from this match. And then they had other opportunities. They they fought at Final Four. They yeah. fought probably on the house show circuit. They they got to work out the kinks. And by the time they got it on the big stage, it was uh, excellent. It was the excellence of execution. Outside of Brett and Sean, I'm sorry, Patrick. I can't recommend anything on this show. Of uh, uh, Brett and Austin, you mean? Oh yeah, Brett and Austin. No, there was never a Brett and <laughs> Brett and Sean that. In my dreams, that that would be the match happening. But if you're if you're a wrestling historian and you want to see Rock, Rock, you're the glass half full guy. You just you you can't. There hasn't been a show that well. You have rated some low ones, but e- even in the even in the ones that you don't like, you always find some silver lining. Because wrestling is the greatest thing, no matter what on this. This entire the point. fact that it happened was good enough for you. Exactly. Wow, you are easy to please. Well, before I reveal next week's show, and before I wrap up, uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up that you might not be getting your birthday present in time, so I'm going to have to find an alternative, and I'm going to go ahead and spoil it, what it was going to be, because by the time it gets here, it'll be December, and I don't want you to go buy it instead, but... Okay. It's a Virgil action figure. So, uh, hell yeah. With his black sign that says Virgil, WWE superstar, that he hangs up at the conventions. Hell yeah. So, but it keeps getting delayed. I guess too many people want this Virgil action figure. Hell so, yeah. I, I want to spoil that in case it never shows up because it seems that I keep getting emails from it, it was limited edition Toys R Us. I keep getting emails like, uh, it's been delayed. Uh, it's been delayed. Uh, we don't know. It might never. It might never even exist. But that's part of it. So I'll, I'll get you an alternative. Hell yeah! Now this week's pick is not my pick. I will use it as my pick. It's actually a fan's pick on our Facebook page, our Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook page. You'll have to double check which pay per view. Well. Which fan was it, and what pay-per-view did he want us to review? Pull, I'm pulling it up right now. Jason Tick loves the show. He Thank does. you so much for listening. He loves the show, Jason Tick. And Jason Tick wants to see Royal Rumble 1992. One of my favorites. And since we just talked about Ric Flair, a crowning moment. Uh, in the documentary, he says it was the best night of his life. Yeah. I but that's WWE spin. Give me a break, guys. But anyway, there's a lot of other great matches on that card. I, be- I believe I might have some bad news about who's who else is on that card. It might be SummerSlam, though. You might be seeing Jameson. Jameson? Jameson was the manager of the Bushwhackers for one match. And so, and Mike Wasses. 
you might get Jameson. It might be SummerSlam, but... If we get a Jameson sighting, that'll be pretty oh, cool. Oh, five-star classic. Now, on our rating scale for Survivor Series 1996, Patrick, I will let you go first. Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you rank Survivor Series 1996? Well, they made their debut at Survivor Series 1996. I'm going to give it a Funkadactyl. Wow, just a random Funkadactyl. I am going to give it a Sunny. So we're, we're in agreements. We're, yeah. We're in agreements there. So That'll do it for this week, Patrick. Next week, Viewer's Choice, Royal Rumble 1992. I hope you enjoyed this double episode uh, of Retro Wrestling Podcast. Don't expect it every week because this takes a lot of time. It does. I'm Intern Alex. I am the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing lines of clothesline. Woo! Bingo, bingo.